Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Continental O-E-T-S. You can find weird things in your car, not just petrified French fries or melted crayons. Live snakes. Weird, bizarre trinkets. Stuff that makes you wonder, what the hell are folks thinking when they're driving? Anyway, you can also find Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental is launching a new aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Fanatically engineered for a perfect fit. Form and function for over 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and in Canada. Continental. OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt. The belt with the OE pedigree. Get the full story at OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. Hey, everyone. It's Adam Carolla, and welcome to another episode of Going Racing, the show that highlights the fastest cars, best races, biggest celebrities in the automotive world. And now, here's a conversation we had with IndyCar great Scott Dixon. We'll talk about the IndyCar series as well. It's racing in the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, Scott, first, just because we're all up in uh, Le Mans mode here, what, what did you drive at Le Mans? What class? Uh, G, uh, GT Pro is it? GTLM? Uh, GT Pro, I think they call it there because they're Pro and M. So, but yeah. the the four GT, there was their uh, oh, the, the resu- resurrection of the fiftieth anniversary from oh, sixteen. Come on, Max, that's races, a big yeah. car for us. Four GT, yeah, awesome. And you drove when they brought it back in. Well, 16. was it 16 is when they brought it back? 16 was the first year back. And yeah. they brought three cars. And uh, four. Four cars. Yeah. Who was on your team? Who was on in your car with you? So there was the UK team and then and then the American team. Right. Uh, I was on the American team with uh, Ryan Briscoe and Richard mm-hmm. Westbrook. And then the other car was, uh, I think, Dirk Muller, uh, Joey Hand, and Sebastian Bourdais was in the other American car. So they actually won the race. We were third. Yeah, well, that holds. So, we got yeah. that worked out. Yeah, that GT. So I've heard through uh, discussing with uh, I don't know. Was I talking to Frank Keaty about that? Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, maybe. I think so. Um, at Goodwood, I think. Yeah, I was talking would, to him about be, it. It would have been him. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah. they, you Daniel know. Ian so the deal. Marino. The deal is, is back in the day, you could drive a Ford GT in the sixties at yeah. Le Mans. <clears throat> but you couldn't drive it at 10 tenths. It, it would break, yeah. you know, and I've talked to those guys. Like I talked to Dan Gurney about how to save the brakes at the yeah. end of Le Mans. He'd be like, I put that thing downshifted into, I don't know, third and just let the car slow itself, yeah. like, like stay yeah. off the brakes, yeah. you know? So it's like, obviously Dan Gurney is talking to me about not going that hard. You know, if it yeah. was a half hour sprint, he'd be on it, but he's not. So, you guys have more comfort and more technology 
and more safety, but you have to drive. Now you can drive the car 10 tenths for 24 hours. Is that a correct statement? It's a 24 hour sprint race. It is. <laughs> right. It's flat out. It's, it's, it's very tough. You know, and, and back then there was two drivers, right? Not, you know, I think now the maximum you can have is three or you're, you have to have three because you have, yeah. I think you can only drive for a maximum of four hours in a six hour window or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard now. It's, it's flat out. And then this category too in GT, uh, GT Pro, it's big fields, you know. You're talking that was for the outright win in the '60s, obviously '66 right. through '69 mm-hmm. or whatever they when they won four in a row. But um, you know, now it's uh, a class of about 18 or 20, which is probably the most difficult class. The prototypes now are really well. It's only been Toyota for the last two years, uh, and then and then prototype two, which is a pretty uh, tough class as well. But it's it's a great race. You know, I was lucky to go with Chip Ganassi Racing, the same team I raced with in IndyCar, so it made it a very easy transition and and to go to to Lamar for the first time. Our team did win uh, with the with the sister car uh, coming in first, and we came in third. So it was definitely um, for the fiftieth anniversary to go back and, and win was uh, was astonishing. Yeah, and what a great car to drive in that event. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. They, it's cool to drive a VAT. It's cool to drive a nine eleven. But it's better to drive the Ford but, GT. But you've done Lamar a few times, <laughs> just in the Ford GT. So I've only been part of the Ford program. Yeah. So it's. Um, you know that that was the last race this year uh, for for that effort. Yeah. So um, you know it will be interesting to see. You know, there's the the category is changing a lot, right? You know, the World Endurance Championship and also the ACO they've brought in the new hypercar, uh, which will start next year, I think, with Toyota and then also Valkyrie uh, with the Aston Martin. So it's it's an interesting transition, but they've tried to. You know, the budgets were $200, 300000000 million a year uh, when Porsche and Audi and all them were going at it uh, with Toyota, uh, whereas now they're trying to, you know, crush that down to, to around $30 million a year. So I think they'll have a, a big influx of, of other manufacturers, which will get it back to where it should be. So you're saying the Aston Martin Valkyrie yeah. is going to race in the GT category? No, that'll be in the hypercar. So that will be what's known now is for the outright win for prototype class. Yeah. The hypercar class will have what makes and what vehicles in it. So I think at the moment, the only two that have signed up is the, the Toyota um, hypercar, uh, which they've already started running. I think I saw some, some clips like maybe on YouTube or something, and then and then the Valkyrie. That's it at the moment. But then, you know, I think uh, McLaren's meant to be coming in. Uh, BMW, like there's, to. there's a ton. Ford, I think, are even looking at it as well. Do uh, they yeah. – Do they? I'm trying to picture a hypercar. I'm trying to picture a Toyota hypercar. Yeah. What's I'm I can't physically picture. Yeah, it. I'm trying to think of what it is, and I, I pretty it, interesting. It, do looking. they have to homologate I know what the Val, it? I know what the Valkyrie looks like. I yeah. know what the Valkyrie looks like too. Yeah. But they've made street versions of it or versions well, of it. Supposed it's to. going into production. The Valkyrie, yeah. yeah. But I think uh, I think they're going back to kind of the old school rules, maybe of yeah, going to so a, a production Toyota. of at least 25 cars. Yeah. So it yeah, looks. That's it now. Yeah. Right, it's, it's it just looks like a race car. <laughs> right, I I I I tend to like these. I don't like when cars become sort of futuristic space traveling machines. Like I don't even really like the aesthetic of F one yeah. anymore. It's like the aesthetic in the seventies was so great, yeah. you know, with yeah. Elf and John Player Special uh-huh. and Ferrari. Big barrel tires in yeah, the back, yeah. smaller in the front. Yeah. Lots now, of this is why they, we were talking about like Goodwood Revival and stuff yeah, when right. we were doing the other yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, and the hypercars have brought it back a little more toward what a car looks like versus the GTP 
stuff or the LM whatever yeah, stuff that LM looks team. just sort of crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I think a lot of people were hoping they were going to go back to maybe GT1 spec where, you know, it would be like a Ford GT. But, you know, the, the, the unfortunate part of, of the balance of performance that everybody races in that category now is that, you know, the road car has almost, I don't know, 700 horsepower. But the race car has only 500 horsepower. Yeah, know, right. They're, they're so detuned that it, it, it's it's just you know, I don't know which is the limiting factor. I think it's the Porsche or the Corvette, you know, and everybody gets detuned to to that spot that everybody has you know basically the same speed. So going to the the GT one spec, I think would have been quite exciting. But uh, obviously they've gone down the road of the hypercar, which will be interesting. Yeah. Well, the Porsche, they're probably going down to the Porsche if they're, if the Porsche's not running a turbo, no turbo and yeah. it's a flat, naturally aspirated six. Yep. They're not going to get more than 500 horsepower yeah, out of that engine. They're just not going to with the displacement it has. And I'm sure the VAT and, and, and could endurance get horsepower. It. But know. also, why not? Give a turbo, let the Porsche run a turbo, bump it up to 750 horsepower, whatever. You can get whatever you want once you put a yeah. turbo in there because the Ford is a six-cylinder, but it's running turbos, yep. and yep. it can make whatever it wants as well. Either way. Yeah, it's an interesting category because the Porsche is, is not – it's not even a 911, right? I think it's it's a, it's on a Cayman chassis. So they oh, went to really? a mid-engine because they needed oh, to add – Oh, they're mid-engine. They needed oh. to add the rear diffuser, whereas on the 911, you couldn't add a rear diffuser. Oh, yeah. So it's, it, there, is some, it's... there is some strange <laughs> configurations yeah, out there. I don't know. But, well, uh, we need to talk to uh, Patrick Long, I think, a yeah. little more about that, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he would know exactly. Yeah. I'm probably not meant to say something like that because it's, you know, <laughs> it's not really a car. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't exist in a in a factory form. But yeah, it's, it's not. Start, it's starting to stretch. It's quite not a bit. unlike my '79 Datsun 280ZX twin turbo car that's in the next shop. It's yeah. got a V8 in the front of it. There's no manufacturer <laughs> it didn't that way. No. It didn't come that way, <laughs> no. and it's got two turbochargers. Yeah. And so it's like. How do you get that across the governing body where you're driving a car Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist and you're going, no, no, it's a Japanese V8 in there. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I know, but nobody ever made this car. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Sharp told me, Bob Sharp said, (laughs) Bob Sharp, because all the, uh, Hi, this is Bob Sharp. When he, that's how he Bob Sharp. The phone. <laughs> I answer the phone like this. Uh, hello? Hello? Who is this? What do you want? What? He just goes, hi, Bob Sharp here. <laughs> he's a car salesman, you know. If I called Bob Sharp right now, he'd answer his phone. Bob Sharp. Bob Sharp. So I, I said to Bob, he's like, yeah, yeah. All the 935 Porsche guys were all pissed off when we brought this, this car out because it's got a V8 and yeah. 933 horsepower and blah, blah, blah. And I was like... Yeah. Well, they had a point, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're running engines that helm in their cars yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. not. And he's like, I told him, relax. <laughs> I said, Paul put this thing on the pole at like Pocono. Yeah. And if Paul wins the race, then we can have another discussion. Yeah, but right yeah. now, yeah. he hasn't run the race. He's on the pole, but he hasn't won anything yet. And then if he wins, we can have another meeting. Right now, as far as I can tell, we got all this press out here because Paul put this car in the pole. So you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, and yeah. he left. He's <laughs> what a marketer. Such a salesman. And then the car broke. And yeah, then they didn't, didn't have to have it. another nobody, meeting. Nobody bitched about yeah. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great. Fantastic. So, Scott, you're going uh, this Sunday is uh, the uh, Indy in Toronto. That's right. I'm trying to think of 
I don't think I've been on that track. We've never been on that track, have we? No. India. That's fun, man. Which track, which track is it? It's the street race, so it's downtown. Oh, it's a street yeah, yeah, race. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think where a track I think would it was, be in Toronto. Been, well, I don't, actually, I don't even know the first year, but I know it's been running since the 90s. But it's uh, it's gone through some changes over the years, as, as a lot do. But. How many races now in the series are the street race versus the ovals? Uh, I think it's maybe 12 and 5 or something like that. So there's maybe only four or five ovals. Um, you know, it it has changed a lot. I think when I first came into, uh, IndyCar in the early 2000s, it was maybe 50, 50 and same with Indy lights back in those days too. So it's, uh, it has gone more road course based, um, you know, throughout. Yeah. uh, It it seems, well, I don't know what's more challenging, a street course or, or an oval. They both are. They're just so different. You know, I think you're, you know, mentally an oval, especially, you know, like maybe the Indianapolis 500, you know, the speeds are so high, the car is so light on downforce, it's moving around constantly. It's just mentally after that three-hour race, you are drained because, you know, one, you've got the cars running around uh, you know, at the same time at very high speeds. You know, you're confined by concrete walls and fences that can be, you know, shredders and things like that. So it's, it's uh, you know, a street course is a lot more physical, you know, because it's bumpy. It's, uh, you know, lots of braking, you know, shifting, um, you know, the acceleration, um, you know, is, is, is pretty intense. So, you know, it, it, they're just so different. But that's what I love about IndyCar racing is that it's so diverse. You know, you do short track ovals to super speedways like Indianapolis to street courses in yeah. Toronto uh, to road courses. You know, uh, I think Mid-Ohio is next up on the road course list. So. Right, all different, and not only is the street course are, are bumpy, but there's no camber in any of the turns. Some, yeah. some of them are like off camber yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You have to figure and, out a lot of stuff. The Sears Point, Sears Point is the one you're not a huge fan of. Well, <laughs> Sonoma, yeah, Sonoma, Infineon. <laughs> I don't know what they call it now. No, I, it's it's technical. Yeah, hey, you got to figure it's that track bumpy. out a little like, bit. Like I I went around it in a I don't know it was a Ferrari Challenge. I, Went around it up there, and it seemed bumpy. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like it's 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 an older circuit for yeah. sure. Like it's probably due for a bit of an update. Uh, we don't go there anymore. Our last race at Sonoma was last year, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a hard track, much like Laguna Seca is, and the fact that it's quite low grip, so the car slides around a lot. There's a lot of elevation changes, so it's really hard to you know pick your marks or um, you know over crests and things like that. So it's it's easy to catch you out. And the, the thing that I always found so frustrating with Sonoma uh, was that you know kind of in the afternoon the wind would shift, the track would totally change, then all the dry dust would be on the track, and and you know you'd be setting up for qualifying times or, or getting ready to yeah. go, and you'd go out and you'd be like a second slower you know so it's um it's definitely a track that with the heat and wind changed you know changed a ton but that's i think just due to it's the, amazing the how group. so much of that can af- can affect oh it's huge because no, you yeah. guys are just so at the limit the whole time the slightest little you know like is a change in weather yeah, just yeah. something and well just certainly wind. any dust on that yeah, track just just complete game changer. About a real game changer it's funny like growing up when i did junior categories or even go-karts you never really thought about the weather much or or you know but but track temperature now just you know one the engine doesn't perform as well you know because they're so highly stressed now that any kind of you know adjustment with with the ambient condition really hurts it or you know the tires just you know once they get hot just uh, are no good you know so it's it is uh one of those things that you know, growing up, you never really thought too much about. But for us now, going into yeah. a qualifying session, you know, you, you're constantly looking at the weather. You know, what wind direction. You know, even for gearing now, you know, you, you're changing gears on a road course by, you know, less than 100 RPM to make sure you had the right gear. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have questions about uh, gears. I will yeah. say <laughs> that uh, doing a, a Trans Am race a couple of years ago, the tires, uh, when they're cold, are, are like used. I just spun right off the track in yeah. this Corvette, just barely blipped the throttle. It was like, boom, went right <laughs> yeah. off. But then later on in the race, they were too hot, yeah. and they got <laughs> all marbly, and they're sliding all over the place. Yeah. And it went from – so like cold, worthless – Hot, worthless. Yeah. It's kind of like a right. There's a kind of a sweet spot in the middle, which works really well. And once you get under it or past it, yeah. there's more. There's failure. That's yeah. why every vintage race is like 20 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> those cars you are stay right in that window. Right, yeah, right yeah. in that nice window. You get a few laps in and not in that window. Yeah, big slick tie when it's cold is not, not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. First, I'll tell you about JB Wealth. Big or small repairs, home or garage, ordinary household glue. It's got the word ordinary in it. You need something strong. You need something better. You need JB Weld. We're proud to have JB Weld Epoxy Adhesive as a sponsor. I use it at home. I use it in the garage. I use it in the shop. I use it in the studio. I use it everywhere. JB Weld. Put it in your toolbox, kitchen drawer, craft room. And now they make everything. They made pretty much like a two-part epoxy metal repair product that I used in the garage way back in the day. And now they make everything, and it's all good, and it's all made in the USA. Metal, wood, plastic, whatever you want, whatever you need to put together. Don't glue it. JB Welded. Available at jbweld.com. Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone. Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Walmart, Amazon, Nap Auto Parts, and more. So, uh, Scott, let's talk gears for a second. <laughs> the uh, We're gonna get the Indy <laughs> car you drive is paddle shift yeah, now. Paddle shift, yeah. Does it blip the throttle for you on the downshift? It does. Okay. It does. No, Give me it, one of those steering yeah, wheels. Yeah, yeah. Or put it on yeah. my 510. Oh, is there a clutch in it? Do you use the clutch to get out of the pit, like first gear, and then paddle only? Or Yeah, so the, the clutch is paddle too. So there's only two two pedals, you know, just your accelerator and brake, big pedals right at mm-hmm. uh, you know, your feet. But then you have a clutch pedal um, either side, or you can do any configuration you want really um and then you have you know right and left for, for up and down but it, it does everything for you that's why we we always joke if you know something looks wrong in the data i'll be like you know talking to my teammate i'll be like man it looks like you missed a shift you know <laughs> but of course you can't do it it's you like it's all, it's all now. controlled yeah, yeah you can um, not shift at all but but it's still a it's still a big you know you're trying to look for that perfect seamless shift that the manufacturers are constantly chasing and and you know with the configuration of the IndyCar now with their gearboxes it's still very hard to to get a very smooth shift the power plant matt and i were talking about this a couple of weeks ago yeah not in preparation for this <laughs> just we just talk about stupid car stuff and you were online and you're looking at the indie power plant yeah uh, honda and are there two it was gm yeah honda GM. GM were, yep. were the engines in the yep. What is uh, – it was a small displacement, right? Yeah. 2.2. 2.2. 2.2 liter. In Twin a V6. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's a small displacement in a V configuration. Absolutely, yeah. So high RPM. Mm-hmm. Um, they limit those a little. Like it's about – I think it's 12,000 RPM. I think that's high. Or 12 and a half, yeah. Well, yeah. that's – but yeah. that's super high. I, yeah. I mean, in a V configuration. And they limit it, what, for, for the car or like per track? 
No, it's for uh, durability, right? You know, gone are the days where we would have four engines a weekend. Now we have four engines for a whole season. So yeah. they have to reach, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 miles uh, each engine. Um, so I think it's, it's to try and help those, uh, you know, costs. And it never really does, though. You know, the durability goes through such a transformation and the, the materials and metals and stuff they use, I think a lot of the time end up costing them more. So there's always a way to spend money yeah, in racing. Yeah, yeah they do. Not they continue to save money. Yeah. Like, do, do they have a, a diameter intake on the throttle body or something? I mean, what governs the horsepower? Boost. Oh, boost. Yeah, boost okay. and displacement. So um, everything else is pretty open. Twin and, and turbo, your RPM. 2.2, two, uh, 12 or 12 and a half yeah. on the RPM, and then they let you run X amount of bar or pounds. What is yeah. it, 17? But then you got the fun button, the cheat button. Uh, uh, overtake. Yeah, 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 yeah the overtake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, I think or <laughs> thirteen pounds. What is it? They bar Kate, per they pound. Kate, well, yeah. fourteen point seven. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. And Matt's good for one thing and one thing only. When you can't figure out pounds to bar and the boost, he jumps in and saves yeah. the day. So you run how many bar or pounds? I think You're it's probably we use KPA. I don't know. What oh that no! Uh, sorry, damn it! <laughs> there must be a conversion. Where's that? What is That's the K- KPA is that- to boost to bar? What What's the Turbo pressure or KPA. It's probably some Newton thing or yeah. something like See, that. See, now it doesn't make any sense. Now is one more thing for Matt to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, I think we don't use that. Because I, I learned 14.7 uh, from flying. Oh, uh, so I was wondering so why KPA you was something. like, we don't, we don't do <laughs> you that. You knew it. You're right. <laughs> so I'm a pound guy, but yeah. then the Porsche I have has a bar Boost, yeah, in there, yeah. and I you see, can do the math. I see one bar equals one hundred kPa. Oh, so there you go. It's just oh. a final. So fourteen point seven pounds is a hundred kPa. I guess so. Well, that's that sound right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Metric, yeah. they're, how much, they're smarter than how the metric. So we're 150 department. kPa on road courses, but okay. the overtake is 165 kPa. So you're 20-something, 20 21 pounds. pounds yeah. um, overtake kicks it up to one. 65, I think. How how do they Almost monitor 16. that, or how is that how's that regulated? So it's regulated by a boost, an electronic boost sensor on the plenum, mm-hmm. um, which is controlled by IndyCar. And then if it goes over it, then you get an overboost, which then limits the engine. It, re- it reduces. Uh, actually, it just puts in a in a in a hard limiter. So you mm-hmm. sit on the hard limiter for maybe three seconds, and then it takes it out again. How long how long can you use it for? A race. You can use it as many times as you want, or whenever you want during a race. I wish you could use it as many times. <laughs> well, but, you can, but, but up theory. to like up to whatever. It's it, like so. It's a timed event now, so you get two hundred seconds on some of the bigger circuits and one hundred and fifty seconds on on some of the shorter ones. But one hundred and fifty on seconds you can use in any in whichever amount way you, you like. want, whenever you yeah. want. It used to be because it, I saw Fast and Furious one, and he was always like, "Too <laughs> soon, Junior." That's yeah. right. the nitrous button at the end. And you know, I always thought the Mazda RX seven was a uni body car but the floorboards came right, unscrewed just right out of there just yeah, they right used diamond steel <laughs> yeah, for the floorboard plate, no came carpets. unscrewed because you know when you're working on an RX-7 and you want to get to the ground <laughs> but you can't figure out how to get to what's under the car you gotta take that plate off yeah, so you can yeah. access the floor. There must have been 13 <laughs> screws that came out of that thing. Like, not one nylon nut on there? Just one to hold it in place? Yeah. Put a lock washer on <laughs> just there. A, well, just a dab of... Uh, Loctite? Of, of Loctite. Just but the dab. overtake used to be used to get 10 for 15 seconds. So it was annoying if you yeah. pushed it oh. or accidentally hit it, uh-huh. and it would run out 15 seconds. And some people would do it under caution. 
you know, you'd be talking on the radio, you'd maybe oh, hit right. the overtake, and it would just, you know, bleed off all that oh, time, yeah, yeah. which was totally annoying. But well, now it's, but it's at, you control. The 150 you seconds that you get, I yeah. mean, is there an indicator? In, Somebody's in, keeping track like, for oh, you, you right? Information on the you wheel. You know, you go to it's hit it, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, it's, and it's all on the wheel. Like, yeah. yeah, you have, you can, well, you can put whatever you want now, and I think you have up to eight pages of, of data that you can look at on, on your do they Do they scroll down from... 150 yeah. seconds down, so it goes that direction. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. But I guess you can go, you can do whatever you like. And it's there for, and you could set it up to go up or go down. Yeah. Yep. It's an interesting sort of. Uh, I feel like the Whittington brothers kind of did that. The Whittington brothers. <laughs> with their, they with did their have the Porsche and their secret nitrous. Oh, kid. yeah. The, the only problem is everybody else gets it. So yeah, that's yeah. everybody else gets <laughs> it. <laughs> the, it's, it's an interesting process because, like, when you're driving a car and it's got a bunch of gauges on it like sometimes there's some weird gauge that's like uh you know manifold pressure yeah. or something like i don't want to look at that like <laughs> yeah. i want to look at the temp i want the temp the oil temp the yeah. water temp you know i yeah. i just put a piece of tape over oh, some yeah. stuff because i don't even <laughs> want it there like why is it why is it there? Decoration. When we like, drove if that, that goes bad yeah, it's yeah. gonna break anyway so <laughs> yeah. we drove the the uh the uh, Trans Am vet. Remember when I came in like after qualifying, I'm like, I don't know what's going on yeah. with this dash. Like, I, can't I can't see anything, see anything on this dash, and he's like, <laughs> guy goes, oh, you had it in pit mode. Oh, and yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. I didn't have it in any mode. <laughs> yeah. I've never even touched it. Yeah. I've never even like, been in the you car. You left now. it in pit mode <laughs> and put me out on a track. I don't know what gear I'm in yeah. or what my RPMs are. And he's like. Well, you got to put it into track mode. I'm like, oh, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, start yeah. Yeah. grabbing buttons, the buttons on this thing. That happens all the time in the in the Ford GT because even the the mechanics and and engineers have setup pages, right? That you have to scroll through. But then you get in the car and you go out and you like you're scrolling through tons of pages to try and yeah. get to Where did we you know what off? you need. Yeah. Um, but even in the Indy car, the the Indy 500 this year, I got into it in practice and and you know you scroll through the pages to get more information and they'd actually put a picture of a of a sheep on mine. I'm I was going to say, from do they leave you notes? Sure. Yeah, so you can put pictures, you can put videos on there, you can put all kinds of stuff. So I had a, I had a very lovely sheep on mine, which was interesting. <laughs> That's not distracting at all during <laughs> practice. I worked with one guy from New Zealand named Frazier <laughs> he actually gave me Vegemite in his in his uh, camper van but yeah. I thought Vegemite people think Australia but it must be big in New Zealand too yeah so Vegemite and Marmite that's always the debate but I think Marmite is maybe is, I don't know uh, yeah New Zealand might be more Marmite Vegemite is more Australian maybe I don't know but it there's was, always a big de- debate between the two this yeah. guy Frazier he was nuts in a fun <laughs> way but like nuts, and and I sort of went. He was fun. Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you how nuts this guy Fraser from New Zealand was. <laughs> we <laughs> we were doing earthquake rehab on a on a bil- building downtown, and at some point there was some old lady named like Millie, and she was celebrating her ninetieth birthday. And she'd been in this building since they built it in like 1921 or something. <laughs> and so they're like, we want to gather everybody up in front of the building with Millie and the crew and everybody. And, and we'll take a picture with this 
90-year-old woman in front of this building she's lived in her whole life. Now, I felt bad for her because it's a little shitty apartment. Like, you know, I've lived here my whole life. Like, okay. Yeah. What if I never moved out the of whole my top floor? parents' house? Like, yeah, it's a little shitty room. But anyway, we all gathered around out front. They're like, come on, everyone, get in, get in. Stop your work. Gather up, gather up. And we got everyone around. And... The guy got like on a ladder and he got a camera and he was like, Go move in, move in. And Frazier stood in the middle. He put his arm around Millie and then he let this colossal fart go. <laughs> and everyone's like, God damn it, Frazier. Oh! And everyone just cleared out and they never came back. <laughs> he never took the picture with Millie. Oh, oh really? No. Was That's another But he's like, I'm, I'm from New Zealand. I'm yeah. nuts. Yeah. We're all nuts. Oh. <laughs> but fun nuts. Fun nuts. But it's fun nuts. Is, yeah. it, is that, and then I'm from North Hollywood. So I'm like, well, everyone from New Zealand is fun nuts. Is that a, is that a fair statement? That, that is probably a good statement and and very true. You got to you got to go down to New Zealand. Like it's it's an amazing spot. It's great know, big it's, muscle car collection. Yeah, a lot of car guys. There's so much racing history. You know, if you look at the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, with Bruce McLaren, Chris Amon, you know, Denny oh, Holm, yeah. the, you know, was, there was uh, you know a whole lot of history, especially through that period. So it's it's um, I don't know, growing up, that's all racing. It's it's funny. I mean, it's crazy when you take a look at some of that uh, V8 action over there. Yeah. Like, if you ever take a deep dive, I think, uh, like, if you take a, a deep dive on the internet, the, like, 70s V8 New Zealand Australian racers, those guys were going at it yeah. like maniacs. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. they're going nuts with those cars yeah. on those tracks. Like, crazy. Like, it was, it's really intense and and hairy and and, and dangerous just, looking yeah, man. just raw you know and raw, and, and that's right. what it was really about you know and and you know the tracks were too you know if you if you came off or slid off you know there was there was consequences man you hit like a big grass bank or something you know it was it was going to knock you about you had, but you had parents that were racers yeah, that's my my dad got into it. Yeah, raced uh, you know a mixture of things, whether it was rally cars or uh, you know saloon cars, to you know a bit of go karting and and a bit of everything. Mum did a little bit of dirt dirt racing when they owned a speedway actually in Townsville, uh, in Australia when when we moved over there for a period in, in my younger life. What track did your dad own? My dad owned uh, <laughs> Orange County International Raceway, Button Willow, Willow Springs, yeah. and Thermal. No. <laughs> dad, did, dad owned an apartment in North. Oh, he didn't own an apartment. No, he, rented he rented an apartment. He rented an apartment in, in, North, in North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. probably with that 90-year-old woman as his roommate. So, no, this was a very small dirt track that that, yeah. uh, that they kind of owned for, for a period of years and then later you know, sold on. But, uh, yeah, it was it's um, – I don't know. Those are my best memories, man. Was, was aren't just... the uh, aren't the Millens? Yeah, well, yeah. Millen so, brothers. So Steve Millen came in here, and we were like, "What's it like racing in Australia?" And he got so yeah, mad because he's from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like, "No, I'm from New Zealand." I was yeah. like, "I know. We don't really know much of the difference here." <laughs> Which one is Eric Banna from? Because he he's... likes to race. Oh. He's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we won't mention him. Then. Yeah, because oh, he did that that uh, documentary, right? It was yeah. uh, the Beast or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. It was, but was he was here a while back, and Adam, yeah, they Adam took him he, over to see the. He car was. God, I was going to say, I was sort of calling his beast like a Chevelle, but I don't know what it was in Australia, like a Mad Max 15 or something. Yeah. Like if he, he had Eric Bana's V8 in Australia yeah. was it a... Like. Is it like a Holden or a Falcon? Probably like a Holden. Yeah. 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 I, I imagine so, yeah, I don't even remember what it we was. just took 
some American b- cars, and here they call them a Chevelle, and there yeah. they yeah. call it a Holden or yeah. something. Well, the Holden yeah. is kind of the, the Chevy of of Australia, I guess. I don't know. Chris might be able to find it is, what yeah, car. It is, it is. What was Banna yeah. working on the whole the whole time? The 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 Beast, I guess, is the story of him in mm-hmm. constant that rebuilding car, and upgrading yeah. and whatever yeah. Yeah. his car. Uh, I don't Ford know. Falcon. It. Oh, it's a Ford, oh, it Ford Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Seventy something. Seventy four. Seventy four. And then he crashed I, it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if we were making Ford Falcons out here in the 70s or 74. I feel like that's a 60s well, car we, we that had stopped. Them in the, yeah, we had them in the 60s. And you're right. I don't think – I think after the Mustang. When did Ford stop making the Falcon in the United States? Oh, that's funny because that car looks like a Mustang, right? It looks like a 74-ish kind of eh, – It's a Gran Torino-looking yeah. car. Kind of car, banner. but anyway, muscle V8 um, looks like a lot New of fun. New yeah, Zealand, like Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't abide by sticking with one car and working on it your whole life. Yeah, I feel the same way about women. I feel like <laughs> you got to move on to the next model so, every year. And when I say model, <laughs> no, I, I don't mean model, not yeah. model year. Yeah. You move on yeah, to yeah, the yeah. next model. I've been trying. Yeah. All right. So the Ford Falcon in North America. Uh, was from 1960 to 1970. Right. And oh, in yeah. Australia, it was 1960 to 2016. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They don't know when to let let it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Holden was the same, right? Yeah, they, Holden was Which was a yeah. GM version of it, and they just kept running the, the Holden. I don't even know. There was many versions, but... Yeah, and then I they st- brought us the Pontiac GTO here. Yeah, yeah. In the, what, 2000, 2004, somewhere yeah, around yeah, there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah. the Holden that was doing well there, and it came here, yeah. and it didn't do well. It didn't do well no. at all. But it was kind of a sport. It's a two door. It was, it was, but it was kind of a sleeper muscle car. You know, it had the good engine and stuff in it, but kind of. But I will like I'll I'll say that like when Ford brought back the Thunderbird, that was like all right, swing and a miss. Yeah, Yeah. that didn't work. Yeah, when they brought back the GTO, I I saw a few of those and like the specs and the looks and everything. That's a pretty cool piece. Yeah, and they could be fast. I'm sure Ken Ligonville has nine of them. That he got from Meekum. Yeah. All, of- <laughs> all right. Let me hit uh, JB Weld for yeah. big or small repair projects, home or garage. You need JB Weld. You need something that lasts. We don't like to use the household glues because uh, just uh, that's uh, not industrial grade. We use JB Weld around here. Um, they have uh, you put it in your toolbox, put it in your kitchen drawer, you put it in your uh, craft room. Good for uh, metal, wood, plastic, and more. Made in the USA, where we stopped making the Falcon in 1970 (laughs) because we knew better. Pros and DIYers have trusted JB Weld for more than 50 years. I always used to do the JB Weld for the metal repair, but now they're doing all kinds of epoxies and all kinds of uh, crazy glues and polyurethane that doesn't foam up like yeah. those other I hate that foaming there's a, there's a box in the room and I walked in they said you counted everything in there I waited just, just to make sure I didn't count it oh. I waited because oh, I didn't want case people one missing <laughs> yeah because they could use a few drops of the crazy glue and put it back oh yeah so no way man no way your sunglasses break, that's on you. <laughs> Fix it at home. <laughs> Fix it at home. <laughs> Available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, everywhere else as well. It's uh, JB Weld, World's Strongest Bond. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, how do you um, 
if they change the configuration of the uh, track at Toronto, how are you so consistently successful on that track? Uh, I, you know, I think most of it stays the same, right? Like the last few years, the I think the last four corners have changed a bit. But, you know, I think our street course cars have been very good. So, you know, they, they typically, you know, a Long Beach setup or a St. Pete setup to a Toronto mm-hmm. are just, you know, close variations. You know, Long Beach is always kind of its own unique thing. And then Detroit kind of is too, just because of the surface. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. I think Toronto is... You could is, say talent. Sheer talent. Uh, just you know, hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a team effort, man. It's a, it's a team effort. And the car's always been good there. But uh, it's, it's yeah. also... Um, it's a short track. There's a lot of action going on. I feel it suits my driving style quite a bit, you know, and, and trying to generate that tire heat, which I think is always a, is a big thing that you need to do at Toronto. Do you have anything, I don't want to call it a bucket list, but maybe I did, but you have a list like, okay, uh, Dunlamar, um, other events, I don't know, Pikes Peak or you tell tell us a vintage race at the Goodwood track in yeah. a saloon car or you know you want to get back to that V8 Australian New Zealand yeah, type of driving. We talked yeah. about we talked about classic Le Mans which is next year. Classic yeah. Le Mans. Yeah. Yeah, like, you got to come to that, you know, it's, our, uh, it's in I, July maybe. We're we're planning we're trying to get everywhere but you tell us are there things uh, you're thinking about? So Le Mans still would love to win Le Mans I think you know I've been lucky enough to to win Daytona a few times. Uh Le Mans is still uh one of those you know major events that that you want to win outright especially which mm-hmm. is tough you know especially with manufacturers these days and trying to cross between and to win out right now, you got to be in the crazy really prototype. Exactly, or, uh, Bathurst one thousand for sure is oh. is one that uh, I almost had an opportunity to do it. You know, this year, but but uh, it actually conflicted with Petit Le Mans that we have in Atlanta with the the last race for the Ford GT. Yeah. So we couldn't couldn't do that this year. Um, Going to try and do Bathurst twelve hour, which comes up in February. Uh, another one you guys should try and get to is uh, Rod Millen, as we were talking about mm-hmm. the Millens. Yeah, has the Leadfoot Festival, which is in New Zealand, uh, which is kind of a smaller version of Goodwood Festival, uh, and yep. you run up his driveway, and it's it's a, it's a fun event too. So yeah, I've been lucky enough to to do a ton of great and exciting events, but uh, Le Mans, uh, Bathurst, you know, those are definitely the ones right at the top. You need a big driveway. We need a driveway. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I. Oh, oh, I did not know about uh, Daytona. What were you driving? Were you driving the GT at Daytona? So, yeah, the last four years has have been uh, the GT, the Ford GT. Uh, previous to that, I think my first race at uh, Daytona was maybe in 2004 with Scott Pruitt and uh, mm-hmm. Max Pappas, and that was a sure. Toyota, I think. Um, but then my first one came with Toyota at uh, Daytona with uh, Dan Weldon, the late Dan Weldon, Casey mm-hmm. Mears. Sure. Um, and then a few years later with Ford, actually, uh, a couple of times with the Ford GT and then, and then the DPI program uh, before that. So, yeah. We love Max Pappas. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's a yeah. fun guy. He's a big guy. personality, man. <laughs> he's a big personality. <laughs> it seems like only yesterday we are going down Shoreline at uh, – at the Toyota Grand Prix, and he yeah. was banging my car yeah. <laughs> from behind. Yeah. We're, we're flat out. He's bumping me. <laughs> it's sad that, that uh, celebrity race is gone now. That was no, always good to watch. That last one, though, now. was crazy. I thought they were going to kill somebody in the. Oh, do you remember that big crash in like turn eight or whatever? Yeah, because because yeah. the last race, they they qualified, and then they're like, it's last race for fun. We're going to flip the order. Oh, well. So yeah. everybody in the, that in always the works out back, well. and they just. And that race, everybody just kind of bangs their way through. The yeah. lineup, you know, yeah. so they kind of—it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's well, always they, carnage. They they pulled a piece of safety equipment 
on the track yeah. without stopping the race, yeah. which is like, I don't know why you'd want a tow truck out there. It's 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 every everything that sort of it was Brett Davern I think r- and then what, somebody hit his car when they were getting uh, him out of it. Whenever any <laughs> whenever anything goes wrong, it's always like a confluence of sort of bad coincidency yes. yeah. things. Like yeah. first off, it was around turn seven, eight, eight, I, yeah, eight you eight. know, you yeah. know, it was around turn eight. <laughs> turn eight is is blind. Yeah. You can't see yeah. past it. Um, then everybody was like. The yellows didn't mean shit because (laughs) here's what would happen. If you stopped racing during a yellow, they'd just pass you and everyone just kept racing. So nobody slowed down on any big waving yellows. Everyone's like, fuck it. I'm not slowing down. Max Pappas is going to catch me. I slow down. And so everyone went around this corner and I... I went around it too and was like, "Oh shit, there's a car there." And then oh, oh I mean, that car was so lucky. Oh my gosh, that guy was, he was home. We were just watching like, the the did he, did he break his leg or not? No, no he, like, was he was okay. He okay, just but... he just jumped in the air like a cat and just he was wow. like, he was fine. <laughs> but they were watching the cars come yeah, around and yeah. they're like, "Why are why is nobody slowing down? Where's the yellow?" Well, there's the professionals don't <laughs> slow down, right? <laughs> there's a third. Yeah, so it's a blind corner. Yeah. Everyone ignores the yellows. Nobody. The, by the way, what everyone's oh. figured out is when they tell you something like, you know, like in the past, it go like the pros start thirty seconds behind the celebrities, and anyone who jumps the gun is going to be. It's like fuck it, yeah, yeah. do it, go, because <laughs> yeah. everyone figured out. Yeah, no one ever does anything. Restart. Here's, what, like... here's your punishment. You get to get drunk earlier when you <laughs> after this race with the with the guy yeah. told you not to do that. Like they go, exactly. we will pull you off yeah, this yeah. course. You will be black flag, and then and then yeah. the race starts. It's like oh fuck it, yeah, everyone yeah, just racing. Yeah, yeah. okay. So that's what everyone figured out, and then. Whoever ran Brett Davern's car was yeah. right on the bumper oh of a guy Couldn't who saw it. it. Yeah. He pulled out, and that's just been the scariest three-tenths of a second ever because he just <laughs> yeah. pulled out and just was staring at the back of a car. It yeah. kind of makes you wonder why they stopped doing that race. <laughs> it's. Uh, I feel like they're going to bring it back. Obviously, I don't think Toyota's going to bring it back. But no, well, it'd be it accurate, accurate now, now if it's yeah, accurate, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It was always that, like, for for us, you know, it would always be right before qualifying or something. We'd be sitting in the engineering truck and we would have it all on the screens yeah. watching this race because the race was always very good to watch, yeah. you know, with the mix of, you know, amateurs and pros. and It is um, entertaining. It's and, entertaining. And and actually, you bring it up. It would be kind of interesting. I know it's accurate, but it would be great to see a bunch of Civic Type R's out Let's there it. because it would Let's be such it. a jump for yeah. the performance of the car. And what it, maybe a little too much. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> what it what it did, I know. Um, but there's the one element, like there's the, the most important element of that race is is not the pros and the amateurs or or that mix. It's the it's not my car, yeah. and <laughs> nobody gives a shit nobody what I do shit. to this car. Because right. when it's your car, you drive differently, or when it's your team owner's car, yeah. and you have to answer to somebody, yeah, yeah. you don't drive like as big an <laughs> asshole. When it is not your car, and 
you're racing, <laughs> nobody cares. I, nobody cares. And I've I I've done it where guys went through like four cars in <laughs> just in practice and stuff like uh, they blew it up or they busted it up or they crashed at the end of shoreline and like someone would just go to them like, well, let's get you out of that car and let's see if we can find you another, another car. One. And they're like, okay. They wouldn't yell. They wouldn't like go, what the fuck? Come yeah. on now. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that uh, when Goldberg did the race years ago, uh, maybe it was qualifying or something. Maybe it was during the race. He something happened. He messed up. He felt like it was his fault. He got out of the car and he was mad. And he's big dude. Just punches the side view mirror, oh, which breaks God. off the car. <laughs> and then he gets to the locker room and he's like, uh, "Broke my hand." <laughs> wow. <laughs> he no. just broke his hand. Oh my god. <laughs> he's like, whatever. <laughs> but it's got to be like going indoor go karting. It's, it's oh, the yeah. same way. Like people just destroy those things. Well, at least when I go. Yeah, when you go, most people destroy the, the go karts. Um, yeah, they don't care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Going Racing. New episodes available every week on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.